People come out of their homes and clapped and bashed pots and pans for the NHS every Thursday at 8 p.m. Applause that ran across the UK for 10 weeks during the first national lockdown in 2020. Little did they know, that behind the closed hospital doors, where no prying eyes of the loved ones of those left to its mercy were allowed, a protocol had been put in place that would change the lives of thousands of people forever. Standard treatments using antibiotics for lungs People and chest infections and stopped and bashed pots and patients were instructed to isolate at home with no treatments. Applause that ran across the and UK some then developed pneumonia that could have been prevented with antibiotics. In 2020. Upon arrival at hospital somewhere sedated with opioids, this caused respiratory depression and then put on a ventilator. And the rest is history. A history they hope you will forget. Critical care doctors say many patients placed on these machines don't survive. The outcome for a patient who has to be ventilated if they have COVID-19 is horrific. Chinese researchers studying critically ill patients on ventilators in Wuhan found in a group of 32, only one person survived. The average room air is 21%. After several days on a ventilator, high levels of oxygen can become toxic, damage the lungs, build thousands of new medical ventilators. Why didn't you want to go on a ventilator? I didn't, I didn't want to be out here. If you're on the board of a care home company, a pandemic is one of the things that you think about as a potential damage to your business because of the number of older people it's going to take out of the system. Curiously, ripping off the sticking plaster, in that hospital I'm thinking about that has 92 delayed discharges, a pandemic would be quite useful because then your hospital would work because these people would be taken out of the system, because these people would be taken out of the system. Every single patient here, except one, is sedated. There are 13 patients on this ward, 12 are on intubators, and they're in a coma. The doctors are using ventilators to keep them alive. Row after row, bed after bed, with some of the sickest patients in the region. There are men and women, young and old, black and white. Most are sedated and intubated but they know more patients will die. At the start of filming, they had lost six. By the time we finished a few hours later, it was seven. Uh, we typically use ventilators uh, to treat what's called respiratory failure. Uh, that is, uh, we use the ventilator to do the work that the patient's muscles can no longer do because they're too tired to do it. These patients' muscles work fine. This method being widely adopted at this very moment in every hospital in the country, which aims to increase pressure on the lungs in order to open them up, is actually doing more harm than good. And that the pressure we are providing, uh, that we are pro Where no prying eyes of the loved ones of those left to its mercy were allowed. A protocol had been put in place that would change the lives of thousands of people forever.
Alright folks, just let the music finish. Shut it. Alright, um, welcome everyone, and uh, this is going to be a sort of live stream for someone else, so um, I will be taking a Skype call. Uh, Chris Hinckley, Road Warrior, right side, not right side, um, RBN. <laughs> that network. The one with all the ads, so um, get ready for uh, boner pills and pet food and whatever else you don't need. Um, to... There we go. All right. Hello. Howdy. I'll wait for Chris to connect. We should be here in a second. Okay, no problem. think we are yet right mr board up no we're not on here yet here's the yeah. intro ready to... i got my i got my uh blue screen of death right when you sent the message to uh my my whole system crashed that's where i went so uh, i know that pain yeah all right 30 seconds in the intro cool yeah so uh kevin the the floor is kind of yours i I know that Brian wanted, you know, I, I think from what I understand, they're hoping that we discuss the communitarian subject a little bit. But do you have um, anything that you want to focus on? Um, well, there's a there's a number of things. I don't I don't know how germane it would be to the U.S. side audience, but you know, there's a very um, big move that's being made. Europe side, which is the changing of how they're aggregating excess deaths, and mm -hmm. you know, I've just changed it in the well, in a in a moment when it's still very volatile in terms of data, mm -hmm. and um, essentially have tried to hide excess deaths. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, if you wanted to talk about <laughs> communitarianism and uh, over sort of um, top down. Uh, management, perception management, etc. There's a, that's a prime example, um, particularly in the context of um, what's happened over the last few years. Um, that's okay. Perhaps a lead in. Um, okay. Uh, unless you have you... Uh, questions. Are we ready? I'm ready. All right. We ready, Mr. Bordop? Yeah. What's that? I can't. That we face, and it's everywhere, obviously, and I'm sure we'll get into that today with Kevin. Uh, it's worldwide. Uh, to me, my perspective on that is that it's first and foremost a spiritual battle. And so uh, as such, I've been opening 
broadcast with prayer every day these days. And so that's what I'm going to do today. We'll start there. And so in that fashion, Matthew uh, chapter six, the Lord's prayer and Ephesians chapter six, the full armor of God. Uh, Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. And Lord, please help us to put on the full armor of God. Please help us put on the full armor of God. Help us to gird our loins about with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Help us to take up the shield of faith. Put on the helmet of salvation. Take up the sword of the spirit. Help us to pray at all times in the spirit. Lord, I pray that no weapon formed against the righteous shall prosper. All who walk in error would come to know the truth in Christ. Reveal our hypocrisy and double-mindedness. I pray unrepentant evildoers be brought swiftly to justice. I pray uh, wickedness be brought swiftly to an end, righteousness be restored in the land, and poisonous trees and offshoots like brands and agencies, uh, etc., conceived in malice would collapse under the weight of their own evil. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, that's that. And uh, a quick a quick little... Uh, well, doing neuroscience and... Neurological systems, their interactions in disease and um, various model systems. So I sort of had that background and um, and then COVID happened. And it was very obvious to me, um, just through early contact with COVID and um, as events were unfurling, that this was... Uh, very much, and you know, with hindsight being twenty twenty, um, this was very much a um, orchestrated um, series of events. And the I was sort of vocal very early on, saying that what you were witnessing was was synthetic. And what do I mean by synthetic? That it has lab origins. Um, if it has lab origins, it means that there are other institutions and structures wrapped around it and the the basic but the conclusions after four years is that what we were dealing with is um and this isn't conspiracy theory this is all um admitted to we know the we can track funding etc the sars was a consequence this this is in the best case scenario sars as a consequence was um a best an accident from biowarfare and what they call medical countermeasures research, where they try to um, essentially divine out the properties of viruses and then build, um, in this case, vaccines and um, interventional type um, drugs and prophylactics. And as this role, and in the words of a good friend of mine, biowarfare expert, Charles Rixey, mm-hmm. um, you're basically dealing with de facto biowarfare because you're dealing with um, the agents and the responses thereof. And if people try and think about what happened, think and try to remember how synchronized everything was and how hard they worked on messaging at the time. 
And it's this, um, how should we say, orchestration again at, at, at all these levels where people think that there would be independence, right? We sort of give scientists this leeway that they're supposed to be, you get tenure, you speak uh, your mind, etc. And this, all of that isn't true. Okay, this, right. these are highly controlled systems from the top down. And as, again, it, 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 just, just to wrap this bit up, that have been militarized and have been used against the public. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of the coordination, I mean, it was, like you said, it was obvious from the outset or even before. I mean, there were the exercises, you know, some people are aware of things like event 201 and uh the crimson contagion exercise mm -hmm. the american government conducted the summer before mm -hmm. covid and so many other of those kinds of things um which mm, may carry with them some bit of plausible deniability however when you start stacking those coincidences you know and then he goes on later in the piece, he's focused on, you know, communism, but he, but he says uh, uh, the menace of communism in this country will remain a menace until the American people make themselves aware of the techniques of communism. Uh, no one who truly understands what it really is can be taken in by it, yet the individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists. The American mind simply has not come to a realization of the evil which has been introduced into our midst. It rejects even the assumption that human creatures could espouse a philosophy which must ultimately destroy all that is good and decent. And um, I think this is very much that kind of a situation, like you said about, you know, the messaging and so forth. There was no discussion. There were so many people along the way and, you know, uh, many from the outset and you know uh many voices were silenced like yours uh you know on 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 certain social media platforms and things yes it and, was it was uh, highly aggressive and and this yeah. was this was um you know something that sort of drove me to to keep speaking but um i, I want to just sort of get back to your point about um communism etc people might think that it's, it's a little anachronistic etc and to some extent i i agree the um the political vernacular of the 19th and 20th century has been superseded and what we're dealing with well, what was what was the problem um when or, or the the, where the rubber met the road with respect to the particular ideologies and you can sort of argue that well it was down um, communism is a sort of collectivized centralized planning and um but it was predicated a bedrock upon which the claims of each competing system was made in, in, in this case the collectivist one the communist one again was too divisive because you had to you had to make this large split in the population and then then you basically had sort of protagonists and then the the layer above that in terms of um node or hierarchical control uh, basically had a, a struggle to sort of keep it um ticking over as a viable system and what we've seen and this is um again this we have plenty of time today so we, we 
we have to ask where fire warfare agents were used um what was what was the intended and stated aims their strategic aims yeah okay yeah and so they they have in my opinion realized you can't have this collectivist schism between workers etc they they need contention which is why you see a lot of the social culture war stuff um but yeah. what they cottoned onto was what does everyone need and what is essentially the great equalizer unless you are really really um independent of the systems right jeff bezos is not constrained by his medical insurance but most people even what would be considered the middle class and the um what the bourgeoisie in this instance um are dependent on the medical system and mm -hmm. they've cottoned onto this fact and they must get everyone into that system and they know that they can do this and you know this would seem to fit their pattern of behavior it wasn't just hypnosis right there were real um factors at play and the when you start to pick at it um there may be more ulterior motives beyond even the communitarianism that we're seeing the technocratic yeah. communitarianism well we are headed into a break, folks. We are joined. I'm joined today by my special guest, Kevin McCarron. Stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pastures meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture. So I don't, I don't, thank you, sir. I don't remember uh, how you phrased it there, Kevin, at the end. Uh, and even deeper agenda is kind of what my brain is saying. Mm. How did you phrase that? Yeah, that there are more ulterior motives that seem to ulterior be. Ulterior motives. Mm, that are. Uh, embedded into this type of political thinking and so um we should be uh, and this is something that I, I i resisted for a long time because i wanted to focus primarily on there was there was, you look at rand you look at um the think tanky you know war colleges and uh the way i say it is uh, p2og meets r2p it's two sides of the same coin so p2og is the um, group that they created immediately post 9-11 over here and, and allegedly it's never been officially you know uh, brought up to speed or in use but it happens everywhere the model happens everywhere and um, p2og stands for proactive preemptive operations group and what they said they were doing is going around going around the world they, they call it stimulating reactions 
And then when there's a reaction, in this case, the context is, is, is terrorist cells. And they say they go around, I call it poking the world in the nose. And when there's a reaction to that, somebody goes, hey, then they have these quick responses. And they say we, the other side of the coin is R2P, responsibility to protect, or now it's responsibility to protect. And so they say, you know, we have to respond to these threats. And R2P is, you know, obviously the same thing that we're dealing with here with COVID. We have a responsibility to protect, prevent, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yep. So that's that's part of that whole coordinated um, messaging that you're talking about where you know, we heard control. early on, if you're not, if you're not, um, protecting the herd, then you're, you, you might be a terrorist kind of thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and things have moved rapidly as a consequence, you know, you can, nine eleven is a good starting point. We're, okay. Yeah, we're back. So we might as well jump back on and okay. do this. Um, Ready, go. sir. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back. We, uh, again, I'm joined by Kevin McCarron. It's going to be an interesting discussion, I'm sure, and the time is going to fly by. We're, as is customary, when we're doing the commercial break, uh, we're chatting, uh, doing a back channel chat, and that's, uh, you know, as usual, it's as interesting as anything. So you were saying before we went to the break, Kevin, um, yes, there is a synthetic biowarfare component, but maybe there's what I was thinking, a deeper agenda. You said uh, ulterior motives embedded. And so, yes, do you want to continue from there? Yeah. So let's, we can sort of expand on that. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, no, I mean, it's yeah. Dennis Meadows is, I mean, well, just just think of him as a a foot soldier for, um, the, the Henry Kissinger types, yeah. right? Think yeah. of Henry Kissinger, and Henry Kissinger needed um, people to be thinking and working in that space to uh, write out these policy documents that um, was moving towards algorithmic control as computational power was be- beginning to, well, essentially following Moore's law. And their yeah. overarching premise is um, what we would describe as Malthusian or Neo-Malthusian. Malthus was a priest in the late 1700s, I want to say, who basically was convinced that there was a limited carrying capacity and that overpopulation would um, force uh, a collapse in um, their their living standards back then. And, you know, we can sit here now and sort of laugh at perhaps the concept, but they're basically making the same arguments, which is we are limited in resources the everyone listening to this you already have too many resources from their perspective and if you're in retirement it's even worse because you're you suddenly become a drain on resources and it reminds me of that uh talk that bill gates did when uh, so many of the talks that he's done but you know the one where he says well you know um we have uh, you know, we have these problems and stuff like you're talking about. We have these world problems. And then, you know, say the teacher, you know, or, or excuse me, the, the, the old person who's retired, you know, and now is the drain on the system. Like you're saying, um, they have three months to live and, you know, that last three months of life is really expensive. So we could pay for the last three months of life or, 
you know, we could pay a teacher or a few. And so I, I asked the question, well, how do we know when the last three months of life is, which is, mm. you know, who decides when the last three months of life is anyway. Mm. And these, these, um, break this hour. I should have, I think I've got most of my, uh, what, what'd you say, Mr. Board? We can skip this last break this hour. I got most, I'm going to get most of my, uh, ads covered anyway. So if I, if I shoot you over that little Gates snippet, do you want to fade that in when we come back? Sure. I mean, we could do a whole montage of... Well, maybe it's better <laughs> to listen to Meadows. Um, because that's... I don't know. Uh, yeah, I can get I the clip real quick. Uh, okay. Uh, all, the, all the little poster children, the Paul Ehrlichs, the Al Gores, the Bill Gates... The Dennis Meadows, obviously. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So are you, what my mind thinks is, you know, like you're saying, I, I feel like you're headed to, if you believe this as kind of a religious, you have a religious devotion to this, you know, what Dennis Meadows talks about, for example, what they wrote about in the limits to growth, then you, obviously the, the kindest thing you can do, the, you know, it's the Margaret Sanger argument. The kindest thing we can do here is just kill them all. Uh, yes, that's that's the um, end point of the yeah. Um, I'm just I just have the few long talks from Dennis Meadows to hand. Let me see if I can find his two minute clip. All right, I'm gonna grab this Gates deal. End of life care versus saving teachers' jobs. But that's called death panels, and we're not supposed to talk about that. Anyway. Creep. Uh, finding a long version. Oh, I found it. It's this one. How the population must be reduced. No. A minute and seven. Math. Math is hard. Take a second to open, probably here. Are required to do that, and you know it's not likely, and it's not clearly a good thing either. But unless, so if it's, as long as you're dealing with a finite amount, as the medical cost goes up, and that shows up both in state budgets as so-called state Medicaid spending, uh, and it shows up in the federal budget as as Medicare, and they're part of, of Medicaid, it squeezes out everything else. Uh, so right now what you see is it's squeezing higher education. You're raising tuitions at the University of California at the, as rapidly as they can. And so the access that used to be available to the middle class or whatever is just rapidly going away. That's a trade-off society is making because of very, very high medical costs and a lack of willingness to say, you know, is spending a million dollars on that last three months of life for that patient would it be better not to lay off the, those 10 teachers and to make that trade up in medical costs? But that's called the death panel, uh, and you're not supposed to have that discussion. So you, of course. Ha, ha, ha. So, yeah, this comes from the guy who loves Daryl Huff's book, How to Lie with Statistics. And I think Carol Wright was correct. We have to prevent the liar from figuring. We have to prevent him from, from perverting the truth. Anyway. So we have, we also have the Dennis Meadows clip that we can throw in back to back. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, 
the same same sentiments being expressed. So can we do that, Mr. Bordop? In one way or another, we are so far, globally, we are so far above the population and the consumption levels, which can be supported by this planet, that I know in one way or another, it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil, but, it, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven, so we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and you don't have a few rich, you know, trying to force everybody else to, to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, these are pretty pessimistic hopes, you know, but I mean, that's, that's what lies ahead. So uh, I would I would also like to note there are a number of folks, uh, you know, but speaking of Bill Gates and Dennis Meadows together, when Bill Gates did his uh, infamous innovating to zero TED talk, which was, by the way, around the same time that Dennis Meadows was giving the talk that we referred to earlier that you have posted on your website, uh, Kevin. But Bill Gates used Dennis Meadows uh, equation. That mm -hmm. infamous CO2 equals P times S times E times C is that's drawn directly from Dennis Meadows. And um, so, you know, there again, back to your point about um, coordinated, orchestrated, uh, it's the same same discussion. And so that, that, know, there's, what, there's some very important bits that we need to drill into what what he was saying in that talk which can be distilled down to he wants it to be quote unquote civil and two yeah. meritocratic meaning everyone lifts their fair share of the burden and so A smart dictatorship um in <laughs> yeah well that i have a feeling did take one has to everyone will be forced to um take the population reduction mechanism and and so okay that, that you, people can imagine that part right which is okay th there's you think about ways and methods to do that and he, he says okay well well what's involved in how, how do you make it such that because another part of that what he was talking about is that it's it's delayed in terms of the impact on populations why? Because they want it to remain civil, because if people understand what's being done, they're not going to be civil, right? Especially if they were forced and mandated, um, basically just to uh, um, live on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Work, etc. Alan Watt, yeah, Alan Watt used to remind us, he, you know, it was the title of one of his broadcasts back around the same time, actually, in 2010. Peace is the absence of all opposition. That's what they mean. And I keep mentioning the stabbing scene from uh, Saving Private Ryan, uh, um, where basically the German soldier is saying quietly in German, give up, you don't stand a chance. Let's end this here. It'll be easier. You know, it's going to be over. It'll all be over quickly. Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Mm -hmm. And um, that's how, that's what I hear when I hear these 
things, you know. Yeah. And basically trying to yeah. So let's let's think about what's the equivalent of the knife in this situation. We know someone's thrusting it, and this is why I'm I'm gonna keep drilling down into the molecular biology, and this is why it's important that um people don't do not get waylaid by people saying things like viruses aren't real, etc. It's because of these being able to derive out these genomic signals that we can see the molecular biology that they used to gene transfect into individuals. And so... Can you, this, can you repeat that real quick, please? So people who have been fixated on things like viruses aren't real, except a pernicious um, interjection into the dialogue that people were having, because there's there's biology that happens down there. And venoms are these short chains of amino acids, often cysteine-rich, and um, a lot of sulfur bonds. And, you know, you get venom sprayed in your eyes or sunk into a muscle from a sting or a bite. Um, the effects are pretty immediate, right? And so you have to, you have to, you can't have on a mass scale a biological reaction that you you have people turn up, roll up their sleeve, because the first hundred that fall down, the rest are going to turn around and not engage in your program, right? And this is where it's, like I say, it's important to start understanding these active epitopes, approximately 20 amino acids or so, and they imbue properties to the expression products that happen with exposure to the virus or exposure to gene transfection technologies and the spike, spike protein that you, your body was forced to make. And, and so we can say, well, some people say, well, you know, we can see people that have immediate reactions, et cetera. And um, yes, we, we know this, but we have to, let's try and constrain the conversation to what Meadows was saying, which is he wants it to be extended out. They need, what, what he's saying is they need plausible deniability when the um, the disease states begin to emerge now there's yeah there's only a few can ways I, can I sure. interject a couple of things sure. uh, so way back when you know he he seemed to have a real heart for people trying to say please don't do this you're gonna kill millions of people but it did being able to say you know I mean what is it 1500 days to flatten the curve so far um, to do that, they, all those guys said, if you do this, all you're going to do is prolong it. But that gave them that plausible deniability. Am I tracking with you? Um, to some extent, but, um, okay. it's more complex than that. Yeah. So what those individuals were doing, um, Bukowski, Ioannidis, all these people, they're trying to look at this with respect to normal pathogens that we would see with respect to seasonality and it should um the usual parameters would apply in that case we aren't dealing with those cases i'm afraid this is this is right. something else and so the the yes there were countermeasures that could have been taken these were very obviously um inhibited that that you know remember the discussions about um ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, there are other um, prophylactic measures that could be taken, uh, peptide fusion inhibitors that they have. Um, all, all of these are potentials that if they, 
if they were extant, the, the rule book said, oh, you can't just rush out this vaccine. And the, um, and so the, we have to think, well, okay, this is four years into this. So we, we have as to, far as rushing out the vaccine, that was, that was the, like you said, the rule book said you can't just rush out a vaccine. It was usually five to 10 years to market. And, uh, the mRNA technology changes that on the shelf until the Gates Foundation came along and picked it up. So you have Gates admitting that they were, you know, CEPI was created specifically as one of the the pet projects to enable this technology. So again, there's, um, what do they call that in, in, uh, in um, you know, homicide investigations? It was premeditated essentially. Well, anyway, yes, it was um, pre-planned. And so in in this instance, right, there was nothing literally anyone can do because the decision has been made at the highest levels where they have the power to um, instantiate policy. And so what you what you then have to do, and this is, again, I'm going to drag you into this molecular world, right, because it's... They want plausible deniability, but they also need a mechanism of action that is, from their perspective, capable of achieving the results that they would desire. Right, and so his result, his desire is to get us down to one, one or so billion people on the planet. And like I said, there's only there's only a few ways to do that in terms of molecular biology, and the 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 way that you do that is well you can't you can't have an immediate toxin like effect like a um right. a, a venom right but again because people would know and be too obvious too obvious and so there has been and there is this domain of work um and this is why I was able to key into it because that's part of where I would work in the uh, when I was ensconced in the system. And there are a type of disorder, of idea of what a bacterial infection will do or what a virus infection will do. But the um, what happens when you've got a spreading, transmissible, spongy form encephalopathy, which basically means mm -hmm. mad cow disease, or for a more American example, chronic wasting disease. That's what you have right now that you can look to as perhaps a real world example of how a uncontrolled, not even uncontrolled, once a mass release of prions, infective prions, are injected into the environment. And what they've, what they've shown with these prions is that they're capable of um, surviving very harsh conditions and i want people to think about well deer don't crowd together in cities deer don't throng together in stadia etc they're basically um in small herds and are spread out um widely across well, in this case i want to say most of the united states i want to say it's in like 30 something 30 odd states in the united states canada as well some reports in Europe. And 
um, people, so people struggle to make the mental jump from uh, from the fact that viruses, and you you have people who will doggedly say viruses aren't real. Okay, and this is this is why this is so frustrating. But you have to go down another order of magnitude to think about the peptide that would be the prion that causes a cascade of events that leads to something like chronic wasting disease, zombie deer, or BSE, mad cows. Okay? Yeah. And that picture becomes even more complicated as we've learned more than... Um, what they've, like I said, what they've found is that they're highly, highly resistive, and now um, they've shown that it can be taken up by plant roots and dispersed into the leaves that the animals eat, and also be spread by parasites, ticks, and uh, botflies, and they will carry. And so there'll be a herd of deer, right? And if you've got one with CWD, the a botfly will then carry it from deer to deer to deer and give them. I live. Yeah. I live in Montana. Um, and you know, in the Western Montana area. Yeah. I mean, I was born in Montana and growing up, you know, hunting was just a normal thing. And since then, now there are these pockets and it seems like the pockets are growing where we have to be concerned about, uh, CWD and I mean, it's a big deal. And now there are check stations and you got to get checked before you go hunting. And when you come back hunting, whether you shot anything or not. And so, yeah, I mean, that it speaks to what you're saying in the sort of crossover where the concern becomes again, that responsibility to protect and prevent. Mm. Yeah. And the, the, and the thing is the, you have to understand that as they've tried to, or they've engaged in biowarfare programs around bacteria, parasites, um, viruses. There have been coordinated efforts to weaponize prions. Now, you can take the infective mis misfolded protein and you could aerosolize it in the room, right? And that would infect people. And depending, and there is a. Um, but there's a there's a broad range of what we say. So there's prion means proteinaceous infectious particle. There's the infective transmissible prion Creutzfeldt Jakob in humans, and then there are a number of others that basically revolve around Parkinson's, um, frontotemporal lobe dementia, um, Alzheimer's, all these neurodegenerative disorders, and they each have their own misfolded protein as causal to these diseases that's probably a good place for people we're, just to digest where we're at yeah we're we're headed into a break second hour coming up stick around folks we'll be right back with the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government you're off here it's uh interesting stuff heady mm. stuff mm. yeah it, it gets it's going to get much darker in a minute dude mind if i just use this for a Bathroom break? Is that okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to grab some coffee. Okay, yeah, I'll do the same. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Bordop, can I drop a another Gates, the innovating to the infamous innovating to zero? If we do a really good job with vaccines and 
we could get that down by about 10 or 15 percent. Well, he didn't mean that. He didn't mean to get rid of a bunch of people. Wanna, he didn't mean that. Bring this right in. Um, whatever you think. Yeah, I'll play some music for a minute and fade in. Yeah, I think that sounds fantastic. Right. I should have grabbed a better music. I'm going to grab a cup of coffee. Be right back. See, Billy got picked on at school things he couldn't change. Welcome back to the second hour, top of the second hour of today's Road Warrior radio broadcast this Friday, February 23rd, 2024. And to recap real quick again, um, just briefly before we dive back in, Republic Broadcasting Network exists because of listeners like you. So please support the network. Those who do faithfully, thank you very much for your support. Uh, there is no Gates Foundation grant coming. Why? Well, because of what we just played and the other thing earlier. Obviously, that would be inimical to the Gates Foundation interest. Anyway, I am joined again, once again, uh, today by my special guest, Kevin McCarran. And so uh, we're talking about all kinds of crazy dark stuff, but it's about to get darker. So... Yes. Buckle up. (laughs) Yeah. So. Because Kansas is going bye-bye. Yeah, pretty much. So just to reiterate what we've briefly touched on, right? So we're in agreement that there is a, well, I call them apex predator class that are basically neo-Malthusians that I would yeah. I would argue that if you if you gave them the chance of the type of weaponry which I'm describing, they would take them because it fulfills their criteria, which is they want population reduction to be civil and meritocratic. There's only one real way to do that in biology, right? You can't look if you try and um, line people up in front of trenches, etc., or you know, yeah, whatever other sort of mass um, genocide, gruesome, ways, right? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you, you'll get pushback, and so the the yeah. way to do that um, would be the use of prions as a um, mechanism to one give them plausible deniability, and two, in, in a sense, guarantee effects. Right. So you want to, if you've got that weapon, you want to be sh- well. So again, I mean, I mentioned it in the first hour, but again, I I think I would just reiterate J. Edgar Hoover's quote back in 1956 with regard to communism in this case. But, you know, he said the menace uh, will remain a menace until the American people make themselves aware of the techniques at work. No one who truly understands what it is, uh, what it really is, can be taken in by it. Yet the individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists. The American mind simply has not come to a realization of the evil which has been introduced in our into our midst. It rejects even the assumption that human creatures could espouse a philosophy which must ultimately destroy all that is good and decent. And I think of that, you know, when you're saying apex predator class of neo Malthusians. These are people, most of us think, you know, everyone thinks like we think, and that is not the case. These people do not think the way that, you know, most of the rest of us think. And so to, you know, to come to grips with that, I think is really kind of a a number one priority. Yes, very important. 
these people look at you like I looked at my monkeys in the lab. Look, I cared for yeah. my monkeys deeply, but they had a job to do, and they right. had a went well through said. a process, right? And that's exactly yeah. how they and they think that they're following all their ethical guidelines that they've um, hashed out between themselves. And like I say, but do, yeah. have it burned into your brain. What Meadow said, we want it to be civil. Ted, yeah, um, Ted Bundy used to take. He would go buy a bunch of mice, like a box of mice at the pet store, mm. take him out into the woods, make his little pet utopia and select one to kill. And he thought he was being benevolent and, uh, you know, kind apex predator, you know, nothing but dark triad traits. I mean, there's, there's a reason for that anyway. Yeah. This, this is all real. Okay. And so if the question we have to ask is, have they fired this weapon? And if so, what are the mechanisms? And so the first pushback you're going to get is there's not a prion in that um, sequence that we've given you. And this is why you need the technical understanding to be able to do an end run around the fact checkers that are going to be swarmed onto you as this information becomes more and more um, public knowledge. And I've been doing this for four years, and I can assure you that um, they have a very, very tight control on the reach that I have. Okay. Um, so what we what we have to do is we have to say, well, we talk about these amyloidogenic sequences. And so we can computationally run the sequence, and you can find it on the spike protein from the virus or from the expression products in the vaccines. You take that sequence, you can run it, and then you can see which ones fill the criteria. So there's you know, a particular type of biochemistry that you would look for in those 20 amino acids. And to make it easy, we'll, just, we'll, we'll say that they encode um, very positively charged amino acids, and you'll get them all together. So basically, they make a sort of raft shape rather than making a helix shape in the structure of the protein. And their interactions are able to cause the misfolding of other proteins. And so the technical term that we use is cross-seeding amyloidogenic peptides or peptide sequences, which means that you no longer are bound by the constraints. This is where the nexus begins with respect to what's happening with chronic wasting disease and the mass exposure to gene transfection and cross-seeding amyloidogenic peptides, which happen through the mandates and mass vaccination and mass exposure through these biowarfare programs. Does, does that make sense to you so far? Uh, I believe so, and I appreciate your... Uh going slow because I think, you know, I mean, I can sense in what you're saying that you want to, there's so much, you know, that you just want to <laughs> mm -hmm. just throw it all out there. But I can, I can sense that you're going slow to try to make sure that everybody stays with us. By the way, Mr. Bordop says, you know, should we, you know, we should announce whether or not we're going to take calls. Do you want to take calls? Yeah, I don't mind taking calls. Maybe bottom of the hour. Okay, so the phone lines are open, folks. 
you know the deal, local 512-248-8252. If you're in a cave somewhere, uh, toll-free 800-313-9443. Go ahead, sir. So we're in a situation now where this is very perilous times because you're seeing being leaked into the public consciousness this um, premise that the prion from deer can cross over into humans. Okay, now think about what that means. So at the same time, we've had this mass exposure to these amyloidogenic peptides. And so if there are these collection of pathologies which emerge, and it's not just neurological, this is what people have to grasp. Protein misfolding affects you below the neck and above the neck as well. And it can inform. Keep getting that visual. I, I, Remember that I've only seen a few. Uh, it's, it's got Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and the dog, right? Exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, any... So we've had a population level event occur. Now, within the scientific literature, there's a principle called superprion, extinction level event. And you can use something called archaeogenomics and you can look at the um, what's called the polymorphisms that are present in the human prion protein. And you can see where there was essentially an evolutionary bottleneck with respect to the position of specific amino acids. And they think at some point in our past, in the Paleolithic era, that um, there was this superprion event that wiped out most of the Euro European Asian continent. And that's why we see the current polymorphism that we do in the prion protein. And so it's not outside of scientific rationale to be talking about essentially extinction level events when talking about coordinated timed exposure to these prion catalyzing epitopes that form part of the um, expression products of the vaccine and the virus. Now, the, the, in, case, in the case of the virus, your body has a, a whole series of immune barriers to deal with these types of amyloidogenic sequences. Right? It's why you will you, you'll get mucousy and your body's trying to flush that, those peptides out so you don't get exposed, etc. And so um, you, could, you could make an argument that because they use or they use an injection, which pushes past your immune barrier. So your skin is an immune barrier. They plunge it deep into a muscle and they use what would it's technically described as a tissue agnostic, meaning it doesn't care which tissues. Now we're in a situation where potentially, even if you avoided the vaccine, you're now going to be surrounded by people who are essentially producing prion protein and shedding it into the environment. And this is what we've learned yeah. from the, the They are the super shedder, super spreader. Yep. Yep. And fecal matter, sweat, mm -hmm. blood, all, all these tissues uh, have capability to spread prions. Prions can last on. So go ahead. Would, would you say that this touches on at least why we were um, – introduced to the PEPFAR, the AIDS contingent, as, as you know, directing the response efforts, so-called. Uh, I, I didn't catch know. the question. PEPFAR? Yeah, the, the um, so over here, um, 
PEPFAR stands for uh, President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. And so it was the AIDS contingent, basically. You know, it was Fauci, Burks, all those guys mm-hmm. were part of the PEPFAR contingent, the AIDS, um, the AIDS, uh, I guess what I would call AIDS management contingent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, some of us were saying, wait a minute, why is the, you know, are we, is this, you know, is COVID AIDS? Why are, why is the AIDS it has properties very similar managing to HIV. response. It has properties yeah. very similar. And so mm-hmm. this was one of the first indicators that we were dealing with something synthetic. There was a manuscript that came out, again, looking at the molecular biology that said, the paper was called um, from Pradhananatel in India, the uncanny similarity between HIV and SARS-CoV. This aren't real, et cetera, et cetera. All, all this will be pushed out there to stop people actually, because when you start, looking at the molecular biology you can follow it you can see the steps that have been taken and these you want to say that um prions aren't real okay well you know there's millions of zombie deer prowling the (laughs) the continent of the u.s right now that isn't real um you know the, the the neurological effects are obvious right so something is happening we can replicate it in the lab um, this this is a, a a disease, and again, it's not just neurological effects that impact the uh, the individual who becomes exposed. The infective dose is in the femtogram range, so you only need a tiny, tiny little bit of exposure to start having a cascade within the body, and the. Simple fact is, and I'm sure you've heard about the plasmid contamination in the vaccines. Which again, why the PEPFAR contingent? That's why. Um, Do you, uh, as a, again, as a, just a brief aside, there was a New York Times uh, story that introduced, so, you know, we were getting introduced uh, to the PEPFAR contingent as this is, you know, it was being presented as normal, as you know. And over here, we got introduced to Deborah Burks, and there was a New York Times article titled, uh, it was uh, March 6th, 2020, um, top coronavirus official for U.S. has fought an epidemic before. Dr. Deborah Burks was appointed by President Barack Obama in 2014 to lead the government's fight against the global AIDS epidemic. Now she is coordinating the response to coronavirus. And the opening words of the article, in the spring of 1983, even before the virus that causes AIDS had a name, a young army doctor named Deborah L. Burks suffered excessive bleeding while giving birth. Moments before she passed out from pain, she screamed an order at her husband, don't let them give me blood. She may have saved her own All, all we can do, again, is work with the data to hand. And, be, and if that data to hand fits what it is that I'm describing, there's a couple of things. You're on a ticking clock because you've had mass exposure. And two, you've got to, um, it doesn't, there's going to be a decline in people's ability to, in effect, take action. And so, again, what what do you do in these circumstances? And this is why you're seeing this 
top-down, you could argue techno-communitarian control take place on, on the internet, etc., that will try to constrain and maintain the narrative and control. You will never hear this, or, or a version that you will hear will be a watered-down version of the one that I'm giving to you right now as they try to that they'll try to i think push push blame onto deer and it being a zoonotic event it was the deer that did it and you you savages are eating deer and venison um it's your fault now nothing to do yeah. with um the bio warfare programs that initiated this this is this is the um world I w in which i think we're stepping into and then you have well, they've got to they've got to start accounting for the bodies that are going to be emerging, and so this is where they have a sort of know, a controlled demolition, etc. But you know, the more warfare, the more um, stress on you know, chains of distribution and um, collapse, etc. The the more they're going to leverage those tools that are available to them they can do that they, you know, they're... a quarter of a million dollars to buy one of those domain names but don't worry about that mm. or i guess rent because it's your licensing but um those discussions there's you know the gated content that we've seen skyrocket there's the um what do you call it the um um the uh uh um oh gosh uh gdpr i think is uh what it is right gdpr is the um general data protection uh regulation compliance deal um where now we all have to have cookies on websites and stuff and if you don't say yes then basically that effectively becomes gated content mm. and all that kind of stuff so mm. um the, and there are soft forms of censorship is what I'm saying that are already in place. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ready to go. Implausibly I, deniable sort of ways. Yeah. And I, I, I smacked into it very early on and I've been wrestling with it ever since. So I was trying to tell people what was going on and mm -hmm. the, you know, could I have chosen different ways to go about it? Maybe. I don't know. Um, you had to. I had to react to sort of situations on the ground as well in the immediate. And, yeah. um, but the, of all the people that are, have been talking about this, I've, I would say I've probably been the most consistent about what it is that we're being exposed with. And it, when it fits like a hand in a glove with what people like the, the Malthusians are saying, then that to me just means that I need to keep going. I need to warn people about what it is that's coming. And so we're in a, we're in a domain where the invariably fatal is how they describe exposure to these prion-like disorders. And we're dealing with extinction level events and we'll get to what solutions after the break. Well, on that note, we'll be right back folks stick around we'll be right back you know was your sort of entry kind of pedestrian like you know okay okay and then all of a sudden you're like wait a minute you well, know I, was I, there I, a I, moment for you like a tipping point moment i realized that there was that the censorship 
was too coordinated at the time to and so yeah i had to think about ways to sort of get around that and um you know i've got my own idiosyncratic way of doing that and yeah you know that's just um it's enabled to get to this point and the you know what what comes next i don't know i'm i'm well, you know, they've they've literally declared war against you, right? And so yeah. I, I would be yeah. considered a prime target right now, even though I'm basically, I would argue, I'm a conscientious objector to everything that's ongoing. I'm not causing, I'm not calling for direct action. I want to see them implode. I want to see them get their yeah. just desserts. But um, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to be the one um, agitating for. Um, Direct action. The direct action people should be taking is within. And you don't want to be a martyr. <laughs> no, no. I've got kids, yeah. um, and yeah. you know, I've done, I've done my stint at the coalface, as it were. Um, yeah. And you know, yeah. I, I hope to get as sort of far out as possible um, with what we're, well, with whatever happens. Um, you know, I pray that I pray that I'm wrong. I really do. Yeah. I don't want to be right about something like this, but again, you have to let the molecular biology um, guide you in this. It's why it's why yeah. you won't see people, you, you won't see them sort of trying to make a point of addressing the science because they know it's not on their side in this instance. It's mm -hmm. too easy for me to point at the the data and the um, the chemistry. And I asked you during the break, did you have a kind of a tipping point uh, moment for you in the beginning of all of this with the coordination of things and stuff? It, well, yeah, as we discussed, it was just the obvious um, uh, deplatforming, um, accounts being taken away, etc. That, you, you know, it was just um, a bit, uh, you know, you had a suspicion at, at the beginning and then, you know, it sort of became obvious and then it became, you know, you get the Twitter files released, etc. And now we know that it's um, occurring on a mass scale. I encourage everyone to listen to uh, the Mike Benz interview with um, Tucker Carlson. That pretty much explains um, the mechanisms that they're using and they're going to deploy against you. Um, we're entering treacherous times. I think they will become um, what you thought COVID was bad. Um, potentially what's coming is going to be orders of magnitude worse and they have to hide yeah. it under ever more extreme um, events. Um, hence, yeah. Hence the military escalations, etc. I think that we're seeing. 5GW, everything's a weapon and mm -hmm. will be weaponized. So speaking of the disclosure, I mean, not to get too far afield, but I mentioned yesterday on yesterday's broadcast David Samuels wrote an interesting article last March titled The Battle to Control America's Mind, and it's not just America, obviously. Washington is waging an information war, and in it, there's some interesting stuff about, you know, the fact-checking. He does a brilliant job, really, of saying, you know, here's how all of this, you know, the um, the Russiagate stuff, the everything that went along with that, the Steele dossier, all of that was – there's more going on there than – than you think people. And so, you know, all of this plays into what we're talking about. I'll leave it to people to read that for themselves. But um, before we go to the phones, one question, um, how, you know, where do people find you? How do they interact with you if they want to do that? Um, 
McCann Dojo, M double. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And uh, it's so difficult because, you know, we're overwhelmed, obviously. That's part of the that's part of what was intended. You know, the flooding of the zone that they were talking about in Event 201 stuff and uh, overwhelming you with this kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, we probably should go to the phones. Rhonda in Missouri, thanks for calling. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I, I wanted to call because uh, this, this uh, like, goes well with what is your guest name? Is his name David? Kevin. Kevin. Kevin I'm McCarran? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Kevin. Um, mm-hmm. goes well with what Kevin's saying. Kevin's going into a little bit more detail on the, um, you know, uh, inner workings of it. But the... Uh, I found a documentary. Um, I, I emailed it to you for your listeners if they want to watch it. It's on Rumble. It's uh, the great setup uh, with David Mar- Martin. He's a well. It's a documentary, and it's only like thirty minutes long. And it's titled "How and Who Pulled Off the COVID-19 Scamdemic and Killer Vaccinations." Um, two things. I watched it last night, and two things that uh, stood out in my mind was. This guy went to a political, uh, you're never going to get anything done there, but he went to political channels and, you know, made certain people aware of it. One of them, he said, was like uh, Ron DeSantis down there in Florida. And a couple of people he went to said, well, you know, let's talk about it. It's an election season. Let's talk about it later while people are dying or getting shot. You know what I'm saying? So, um the other thing was, the remember how you were, like, talking about Ramaswamy? <laughs> well, he had back, a hand yeah. in. Yeah, he had a hand in all this. His uh, old tech companies, or not tech companies, his um, pharmaceuticals had a, yeah. had a hand in what was going on there. So nobody's clean, <laughs> you know. Everybody's yeah. uh, got a part to play in that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, don't uh, – so, so like Kevin said, you know, where do you draw the line and um, how do you determine who's culpable and how do you hold them to account? Yeah, this guy has an interesting background, too, but um, it's similar to Vivex, it sounds like. But anyway, um, he uh, very, very, he says it very succinctly, so it's only like 30 minutes, so... People want to watch it uh, a lot different from what Kevin's talking about, which I appreciate what Kevin's saying, too, because that gives you the inner workings of, you know, what happens to your body when you take it kind of thing, the prions and all that. Um, but I think if people watch this and listen to this broadcast, that a lot of uh, light bulbs will be going off. You know what I'm saying? Right on. Yeah. Appreciate it. Do, right. you, have a, do you have a question for Kevin? Um. Well, you kind of went into your background. Are you uh, like a science major, or I, I didn't? I was working, so I didn't hear. Like, how do you? How did you get into this whole? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm a PhD systems here, uh, neuroscientist. I have my own lab. Um, I'm well published, regarded in my field. I was. Um, and yeah, if I, you go I, to ResearchGate and look Kevin McCarran up, you'll find plenty of stuff. And I'm wondering why Kevin has to 
go kind of underground where we'll get a Karen Kingston come along and tell you that there's um, nanobots and um, super technology coming for you when no the more parsimonious explanation is that they exposed you to the toxic products uh, that come from the the protein expression and it distills down to prion epitopes and being able to cause prion disease that's the part they don't want you to get to and this was part of biowarfare programs that's where they don't want you to go they'll, they'll fight yeah, you can talk about it's, everything it's else very technical too so it's mm. like you know like chris said is appreciated that you kind of slowed down because it's like wait a minute let me look up that word or whatever you know because people who aren't in that field aren't quite sure exactly but you know at least it's being recorded and you can go back and listen but had you ever thought about joining the club before you put out your information <laughs> i'm just saying you know you obviously aren't part of the club because you had to go underground but it does make you wonder how these other people are getting away with providing this knowledge and you know where it went sideways so well these are these controlled narrative networks you can basically think of them as quasi-military um limited hangouts they put extraordinary amounts of effort and money into them yep yeah I absolutely that guy before but there's still some nuggets in there so yeah they, they have to give you something fine. they have to give yeah. you something absolutely. so that you you start fixating on it and you're not yeah. seeing yeah. the bigger picture mm -hmm. well i'm going to also share this broadcast with people because you know it's kind of a compare and contrast look what happens when you're not part of the club look what happens when you are but you know again the the base of the how this happened is, um, you know, it, it seems like maybe now they're forced to bring out this information to, for some reason, because somebody's getting too close to something else or something, keep us distracted anyway. But appreciate you taking my call. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Rhonda. Much okay. appreciated. Back to the phones in the interest of time. Mike in Kentucky. Thanks for calling. Welcome. been known for a number of centuries for being able to feed cattle what they're not supposed to eat, like fish meal to increase uh, milk production, but I think Turn it was... Turn them into cannibals. 2021 or 2022 that the UK added processed animal protein, PAP, back to the hot mix feed, and it can now... It just cannot include any bovine protein. Now, yep. doesn't surprise America, me. Keep any database it's and so i would argue again it's probably synthetic in origin and this is um so, it was it was just ready ready yeah. to be deployed yeah well the prions apparently though were discovered quite a long time ago before we had the ability to oh yeah yeah, yeah. we've known about them for right. for um but we've known about the diseases for centuries the um the causative agents um Jizadek was his name, who ended up working at Fort Detrick. Um, what a coincidence. The Kreutzfeldt-Jakob's original disease, is that just a cover story that these uh, African tribes were secretly eating their ancestors and that caused that? No, I think, I think, I think that um, likely did happen. Um, we know... So, seems like nature's got this uh, preventative here. You shouldn't be eating things like that. <laughs> you right. shouldn't eat 
thing, things that you're made out of. Seems like the simplest uh, common sense solution would be just in, to, in the short term, and the safe thing to do would be to stop eating all animal products until we know where these prions are coming from. But it seems like a common thing here in America. It's too, anyway, it's too late now. It's, it's too late. It's beyond the food chain. It's too late. It's beyond the huh? food chain. And they've basically pushed it into hundreds of millions of Americans right now who are potentially in the um, catalyzing phase and building up prions within their tissue right now. And food yeah. has got well, nothing to do with it. Reports of 40-year-olds with Alzheimer's now, and that's about how long a lot of this processed meat products with 40 different pigs and 40 different cows is in the log of of uh, whatever, sausage or hamburger, it seems to me like the smart thing would be to just quit eating all that and see if your body can't clear it out or at least slow it way down. Yeah, I mean, there are, I think there are ways to slow it down. I don't think there are ways to slow it. And that's why, well, that's why you saw what you did. Um, mass, mass exposure. Now, look, we know that there were, how should we say, the executive class paying to not have exposure through gene transfection we know that but the problem is you're in a situation now if it's akin to chronic wasting disease it's just going to start spreading among the population anyway through other vectors insects ticks so mosquitoes here's a question is there a way you know if that's what's happening is there a way like will that be will that be um evidence somewhere in some detection method like will will some conventional you know we see that do, do you understand what i'm saying like will that be made evident somewhere in the data that's being gathered the massive data by you know cdc and well yeah so that the big so concern right now is is that they basically have a um technique um protein misfolding cyclic amplification where it's it's like um, PCR, they can take a very small sample and see if you're contaminated with it because they can amplify it in a short period of time. The concern would be, I, I would say at this point, um, these people don't get to dictate or, or do anything with respect to the um, extreme end of public health measures and the tyrannical forces which they can bring to bear. And this is why I'm a, a strong advocate for non-compliance, non-compliance with their programs, non-compliance with the, the um, voluntary wars that they um, try to get into, non-compliance with um, the social and economic controls that they try to foist upon you, particularly usury, etc., things like this. Withdraw from the system as much as possible. Let it implode. Is there is there a reason why when you say protein is folding cyclic amp amplification, I'm thinking of PCR tests also? Yes, it's, anyway, it's very – it's similar. <laughs> but it, the, 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 yeah. the thing is it can be abused as well. So they can they can yeah. say, oh, the young – the person with 40 years old, they've got um, the appearance of Alzheimer's. Okay, so he lives on a street. He's surrounded by neighbors. He's got family. And say that they can come in and they can say, oh, we've got a hit now for this, um, the equivalent of chronic wasting disease in humans, whatever they're going to call it, as it emerges. Try and think more practical. Parasites, yes, that's something you probably want to be thinking about. Um, processed foods that have um, exposure um, that you don't know the providence of, where the food has come from. Um, again, you have to the, the solution to this, look, it's a, if what it is is this bottleneck, evolutionary bottleneck, the presumption is most of us don't make it, right? They're talking about if they want to get down to a billion people, that means seven to eight billion people are going to disappear over the next few decades. 
half a century. Um, most of us won't make it. The way to get through it is do what they're telling you not to do, which is have children. And it's, it's the evolutionary pressure and the adaptation of the children which will overcome in their own polymorphisms the pressure from the, from the path, not pathogen, but the prion in the environment. Does that make sense? Yep, yep, yep. So, um, so it's, avoidance is the best thing, but there's no fix to it. Pretty much for anybody. Pretty much. Um, that the thing to be doing is um, children and adaptation. That's how you get through. It's what happened in the past. It's what happens this time, or should happen. And this is why they're telling you, oh, there's too many people. Stop having children. Um, <laughs> and no fun either. And no fun either, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. you, Chris. Thank you, Lynn. Much appreciated. Yeah, so we're about two minutes out to, from the end, and uh, did we did we touch on most things? I think we covered it. I don't know if there's another caller that wants to try and get in quick. Um, I think we're I think we're about done. I'm just going to reiterate so folks can find you at your website mccarndojo.com and um also, you know, if they're interested again, you know, your your profiles on ResearchGate so they can run over there and read up on that stuff and then you mentioned wetalkyoulisten.com. You said mm. we all need to start gathering up dots and reality, so mm. Mm. Okay. We shouldn't try to avoid it. No, and this this is the thing, and you know, most people don't probably don't want to know in this situation. It's a case of you know, don't don't look up like that movie, right? <laughs> just yeah, yeah. And what does he do at the end? He just goes back to family, sit with family till the end. That's that's my advice. Yeah, absolutely. That's it, folks. That's it. I hope it was informative, and uh, as always, it truly is an honor and a pleasure. My thanks again to you, Kevin, and um, I thank hope you for having everybody. Me. Has a great weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can do it again sometime. Sure. Take care, folks. Sure. God bless. We'll catch you on the other side. Alrighty, great show. Thanks. Thank you. Um, okay. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. Very, gosh, man. I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously you do, you know, you know, hours more sometimes. And so you could probably keep going for hours more, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can, I can just, you know, I've got nothing else left to do now. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris, thank you. You bet. All right, catch you later. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, boom, there we go, folks. Um, that wasn't so bad, so they sort of pushed through the adverts in the first hour, and um, the, the discussion was able to sort of, trot along in the second half um, and you, you're always going to be coming up against this sort of technical barrier when trying to, but what is a very technical subject and it's going to be a very contentious subject and I'm I don't know how to sort of condense it down into it, it needs other people to go out and speak about it and then say oh you've got to go and speak to speak to the guru about it, etc., and that's that's the way to disseminate, I would say, because um, I, I I don't know, it's just my style to be um, well. I try to get as much detail in as possible. Um, 
let's see. I'll go through the chat and I just want to say thank you to uh, Concerts, Cat, and Sally and Paul today. Thank you. Um, help help keep this help keep fighting back pushing back um they don't have the best of intentions for you that much is obvious and again you will you will see no one wants to come and have the scientific debate that's why you've got a pin on the uh malicious get it down here all right um the man explains how your brain is most likely going to rot and you give some shivs about this yes um did she come in swinging with a 5G grift? <laughs> there was some in there. Uh, let me tell you something. Her brother here in America, we love our Zion. They do indeed. Start a ton of questions like she didn't listen to the interview. Um, yeah, I think you're always going to sort of run up against that. I've noticed most human beings cannot rationalize the potential that something is wrong with their brain, even before pandemic vanity. Yeah. But she pitched David Martin documentaries. Yeah, and again, look, David Martin is one degree of freedom from Hillary Clinton. You have to ask yourself, how is he in there? How is he claiming to be a bioweapons expert? Where's his Where's his uh, contributions to the field in that respect? Sorry. I mean, it's interesting what he's saying about um, the, uh, the patents, etc. And he's sort of, he's sort of doing the right thing. And, you know, part of the narrative control networks is to, you know, they've, they've got to, you know, the older paradigms are sort of breaking down, so they have to have a new dialectic put in place. And um, I think that's kind of what, what his role is. Um, create that new um, collective, if you were, that are going to go around saying, right, I have the truth. I follow the gourd. I follow the shoe. All right. Um, do, 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 do. You can't even go vegan. No. <laughs> Let's see. David and Hillary, that explains a lot. Yep, yep, yep. Indeed. Um, good doggy says, I can feel the prions now. <laughs> yeah. Cleanse the world with nuclear fire. Um, eh, I don't know. Um, um, yeah. Uh, anything you can. Um, feed your brain would be my advice. Um, I'll set up my Griff Network doc. Send them to Sensei. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Allegory of the Cave, Plato. Um yeah, I don't know. I I think that's, I mean, it's useful, but what about people that just didn't study classical Greek? <laughs> they need something more uh, contemporary. Uh, let's see. Arnold says, I'm well out the cave. Thank fuck. Don't look back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kevin, how is the prion zombie supposed to be expressed in people? Um, well, we know that prion misfolding. We need to go back to that paper. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Do, 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 do. This one. And is it this one? No, but that's important one. Um I'd have to look in my folders. Ah, wait, wait one second. But it it can impact so many. So it'll, it'll manifest as cancers and um, degenerative conditions. And um, we know that it's causing these uh, amyloidogenic clots, microclots. I don't know how much it relates to those uh, white calamari clots that are coming out. But um, uh, Lindsay has results back from her uh, tests to look for these. Um, Microclots, 
and she's riddled with them. And, you know, the answer in this sense is Natokinase and all those things. I don't think they're going to cut it. And the, the thing is, I think if the, the amyloid might be resistant to um, kinases, but they'd make the argument, well, we'll try and cut up the spike protein itself. But cutting up the spike protein with these proteases, will it, um, it basically gives you all the, or it gives you a big long table of peptides that we now know can go amyloidogenic. And, you know, some are more toxic than others. And what this manuscript is demonstrating is that um particularly cancers it, it's not just uh mutational abnormalities within the genome there's another more um active layer where the proteins are being um transcribed and created where the misfolding can occur and if the amyloids are in the vicinity they can cause the misfolding and so um I would encourage everyone to read, read, and read that paper again till you know it inside and out, because that's the territory into which we're stepping right now if they've gone and weaponized amyloids. So uh, let's see. Uh, Shirley says, Russia encouraging people to have children. They must have heard you, Kevin. Um, yeah, God bless them. Um, but they're coming off a population decline anyway um kevin how's the prion yeah i answered that right read this paper um transcript errors generate a continuous stream of amyloid and prion-like proteins in human cells um they eat muff nowadays okay uh read robinson crusoe lately yeah um what's the other sort of isolation books swiss family robinson right shipwrecks and stuff and <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, I noticed uh, Rumble is Rumble being sketchy, and I noticed there's a lot of people on WTYL versus Rumble. Uh oh, is are we still? 